0: Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Paris and Alana, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. All right, so welcome back to another Kingdom Sexuality episode today. Uh, Today it's Rusty and myself, and we're going to be chatting about orgasms. And it's great. I think this is lovely. I, this is something I really enjoy talking about. And Paris and I did two episodes on this early on in the podcast. Um, the one is in the womanhood diaries, and then the other one is just like orgasm, like technique, I think more specifically. I was going back and listening to um, the first orgasm one with the womanhood diaries today, and I was like, oh man, like, some of this is good. Like this is actually decent information, but I'm really glad we're going to be diving more into it and in a different side of it as well. So, so thinking about orgasms, it's something, you know, we're, we're reaching, we're straining, we're trying everything just to like, you know, squeeze your hips just right. And, um, you know, push up against your husband just right. Or think, you know, try to not think about the grocery list and try to think about your husband and, the laundry you know try not to think about the laundry you know, there's always things we have to like purposely like in our minds be really intentional I feel like um but sometimes it can just be like right out of grasp That that orgasm man so we're going to be chatting all things climax today and specifically the stumbling blocks and the things that can prevent us from getting there and so I'm glad we're talking about that because I feel like we kind of I don't know if we really touched on that in the previous episodes it was more just like how to do it in a sense and less, well, what if you're struggling? So I'm really glad uh, we're talking about this. There's there's tons out there for, you know, how to keep your man satisfied and how to make his toes curl. But, you know, where are all the studies and stuff on, on women? And I'm sure there are some, and I know this is something that is it's a common knowledge that often women struggle to have an orgasm. But it's something that before I got married, I I knew some women struggled with it. But I was like, well, they're the odd ones. Like that's, that's unusual and it should just happen. Mm. And so it's interesting that that's kind of not the case. And so, but what can we right. do about it? And how can we go from having that mindset of like, this is something that will just happen and if it's not happening, well, it's just my fault and it's just me. But then how can we actually be like, can okay, no, wait, mm-hmm. what can be done about this? How can I move forward? And you know, what can we do? So, um, Rusty, uh, why don't you just take it away? Cause I know you shared some things on Instagram lately. And so I'd love to just, you try to share a bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Right. So I went through and just shared a handful of things common issues, common frustrations, stumbling blocks, anything that could inhibit our body from getting to that point where it can fully just relax and get into that intimacy, that lovemaking time and eventually get us to orgasm. And so we always get tons of really great feedback whenever we post anything about that. I think because it is such a common struggle Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to dive just a little bit more in depth. Um, I really appreciate myself having some more of knowledge to understand why does my body work this way? What is actually stopping me from getting there? Because then if I understand it, I feel like I can more effectively or we can more effectively work around yeah. it, get it out mm-hmm. of the way. And so we do absolutely also want to preface this, that... Um, towards the end of the episode, we will be discussing trauma related instances. So um, you will have a trigger warning kind of before then. So I wanted to just put that out there because we want to be absolutely sensitive to anybody who is still in the healing process with those types of issues. Um, But let's get right Mm -hmm. into it. So number one, the first thing that we highlighted was pelvic floor health. And, you know, usually, this is something that you hear or you associate automatically more often with women who are pregnant or postpartum. But I want to just bring this wisdom out there that every single human body has has a pelvic floor. It is just support structures within your pelvic region. So um, usually, Whenever you are pregnant or postpartum, it is those hormonal fluctuations and pair that with you know, labor, delivery. Those things can cause some damage or some disruption of the natural way that our pelvic floor works or you know, hormonal fluctuations that come with menopause, mm. um, those types of things. It can all change the way that our bodies were originally intended by God and designed to work. Um, so we wanted to start right there and that's kind of just the general way that we want to describe any of these issues would be if your pelvic floor is not working the way that God intended it to work. Um, prolapse is one thing. So that is whenever the structures of this whole, they call it like a girdle kind of, it's a whole just sling and support system in there. So prolapse is whenever, you know, Your hormones shift and your muscles, they weaken and they're not supported in there. And so they literally start to cave in on themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you have a weak pelvic floor or a damaged pelvic floor, then oftentimes what you're going to experience is pain with sex. You're going to experience incontinence. You're going to experience decreased uh, pleasurable sensation and arousal. And none of those things lead to Man, I am in a sexy headspace and ready to get with my husband. Yeah, I'm <laughs> if you think I am not able to adequately hold in my urine, you're not thinking, yes, let's be intimate, you know? Uh, it can really mess with your with your brain and with feeling like you're ready to put yourself out there. It can put you in a very vulnerable state. Totally. So I wanted to definitely highlight that because it's super common. You don't have to be pregnant or postpartum to experience any of those issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to put that out there. Also, if you have weak pelvic floor muscles, that might be something that is keeping you from fully feeling and experiencing orgasm. So your pelvic floor muscles are what contract during an orgasm. So if they are super weak, you might have one of those moments where you're like, Huh? Was that it? Brand. Did I You know where you're scratching your head thinking, <laughs> is that all there was to it? Like what? So, if you are not having satisfactory orgasms as well, that's another thing you definitely want to look into. You can do exercises we highly recommend. Um now, thank you Jesus. Pelvic floor physical therapists and PTs are a thing yeah. because for me, I know 10 years ago, whenever I had my, or 15, 16 years ago, whenever I had my first child, I had never even heard of right. that, never heard of a pelvic floor specific physical therapist. Yeah. And so now they're everywhere. You've got social media, you can reach out, you can do consults over the internet, things like that. So absolutely do that. We encourage that and want to just put that information out there for you guys.
0: Yeah. And I think too, okay. it can help and with like so many other issues, like you already mentioned, right? Like, um like if you have or experiencing pain during sex things like that where it's like this is just how it is like this is my lot in life like this is just how I experience things which we often get messages from people you know who who do experience that and like what can we do about it and so if if this is a, an avenue you wow. haven't gone down and haven't checked out I highly recommend you see a pelvic floor physical therapist who can help you navigate that because maybe there's more going on than you even realize like i have a friend who she didn't know she was doing her Kegels way too hard, way too strongly. And so, you know, they're like, okay, you know, things like yeah. that, just to teach you how to do them properly to then like, that would yes. then translate over into your sex life, right? You're like doing things that's all connected, like you totally mentioned. So love that.
1: Yes. And uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because uh, Kegels are something that, are just thrown out there as, yeah, do this. And you'll bounce back from your uh, pregnancy or your uh, postpartum. And that's so not the case. It's not just do some Kegels and you'll be fine. And so often, I mean, a huge amount of time or percentage of the time, people are doing them incorrectly. And so I'm super glad that you mentioned that too, because um, just as a tiny little bit of a background on me, I worked for a few years as a nurse in an OBGYN clinic. And so we worked hand in hand with some of these people and that is absolutely correct. And so those PTs or physical therapists, they will do internal examinations. They can do even a lot more than what your OB might do. And so they're super great because they're just specialists in this one specific thing. So super to reach out to them. All right. Next, we have medications. Um, First one I highlighted was blood pressure medications. And this this is one I was super thrilled to put in here because you might really easily overlook this because I would never think blood pressure medication is stopping my desire. But here's the thing, blood pressure medication, many of them work by reducing blood flow. And so in order to feel arousal, you need blood to be pumping. Yes. And so if it doesn't, you're not going to feel that excitement. You're not going to get you know, things pumping down in that area for it to even be stimulated enough for you to achieve orgasm. So definitely check into that. If you are on blood pressure medication, it can also um, dry things out. And if you have ever been intimate, whenever things are dry as a Oof. desert it is painful not and not pleasurable. And so you will not be not <laughs> yeah. fun. your mind's not going to be thinking, man, this is no. so good. I'm almost there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. oh, yeah keep going. This is you're great. <laughs>
1: <the other> room. <laughs> you're like,
0: Where is the lube? Oh. Pass it over right oh, now.
1: Oh. We need to reapply. Yes. Oh gosh. Uh, going in that same direction, antihistamine. So if you're on allergy medications, tis the season, we are getting into yeah. it guys. Spring is coming. So are a seasonal allergy sufferer and if you are on, you know, Benadryl or Claritin, Zyrtec, Allegra, any of those things, they dry you out. They work by removing moisture from your body. Uh Also, they can alter your mood. They can make you excessively drowsy. They can, or if you're like my children, it can make you hyperactive. Oh, sheesh. (laughs) And so your mind's not going to be able to zero in and focus Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like we say, our mind is our biggest attributor to feeling sexy and getting totally. in the mood and being able to get there. Your mind is your biggest sex organ. And that is absolutely a fact. Um, and third, we want to highlight, uh, antidepressants. So this is absolutely a judgment free zone in the world we're living in. Mental health, definitely priority. And so, If you are on specifically what they call an SSRI, and it works by using serotonin or encouraging serotonin in your body, which is a feel-good hormone, it's wonderful. We need that. Many people um, who suffer from seasonal affective disorder, they need a boost in serotonin in the winter months whenever it's dark, and it literally affects your mood, and so they are on antidepressants to help them feel and be balanced and feel great. And that's wonderful. However, that the way that that medication works by increasing serotonin, what that does is it actually tells your body, Hey, be calm, be peaceful. We're going to chill. However, whenever it's time to be physical with your husband, You want your body to get excited. You need it to get worked up. You need your body to receive that signal that says, we are anxious about this. We are excited about what's happening and we want intense feelings to build as opposed to your body being kept level and calm. And so you see how that can Mm -hmm. kind of inhibit you from being there because yes, we (laughs) we need those level emotions, but at the same time, it can also you know, there is another side to it where it can stop you. And I definitely want to pause and take a moment and say, if you have been struggling and if you are in a, at a point where you are frustrated and a light bulb just went off and you are like, Oh my goodness, this is, this could totally be my medication. I'm on my antidepressant or my blood pressure medication or whatever guys, especially with any type of mood stabilizer. There is protocols for tapering off of these medications that are in place for a reason. It is super important that you do not just say, well, I'm sick of not being able to reach orgasm with my husband, so I'm gonna stop taking this and see what happens. That can be such a negative snowball Mm -hmm. effect. So do not do that. you can, we encourage you then to, you know, reach out to your doctor and say, Hey, is there a different medication I can be on where serotonin is not the main mode of mood stabilization? Because there's lots of different options out there. And so do not just stop taking your medication. We want to make sure that we get that point across because that can be really, really unhealthy and dangerous. So we have to, we have to put that little disclaimer out there. Absolutely. (laughs) Because we are not doctors. We, we are just here and we are just trying to shed some light on some things that might be getting in your way. And lastly, for medications, we have birth control, Ah. hormonal forms of birth control. Um, This is, I mean, what do you do whenever you are newlywed and everyone's like, make sure you get on birth control so, you know, you can enjoy your first few years (laughs) and then you're, you know, in your honeymoon and you're like, what happened? I used to be so excited and couldn't wait to tear my man's clothes off. And now it's just like, meh.
0: That's like 100% right. my story. You know, That's like exactly it how up. it went for me. <laughs> I remember, you know, you get married for and you're sure.
1: like, and what, is, what
0: changed? Like, what? Is it just because now it's okay? And now I, I think it's like, now I'm less excited about it. But no, it's 100%. And, and there's so many women who've experienced the same thing in, in ah. our messages and stuff as well. And they're like, what can I do? How, what are there other options if I don't want hormones? And so just know that an episode on birth control is coming, um, hopefully soon, yes. hopefully sooner than later, because there's so many of you who've been asking about it. So, yep. but Rusty, continue to tell us more about mm-hmm. hormonal birth control. Yep.
1: Alright, so testosterone is our main contributing factor to what makes us actually feel desire and increasing our libido. Even as women, we produce testosterone. And that is what that is our key hormone that we are trying to make sure stays in a healthy range for us to have a healthy desire and a healthy libido. Because if we if our goal here is orgasm, we cannot easily get there. If we are not feeling aroused or in the mood. So testosterone is our key player here and hormonal birth control completely zaps our body's natural building up and natural produ- production of testosterone. We're telling our body, Hey, we don't need that anymore. And so in turn, we are just erasing that natural desire driver out of our system. Yeah. So we always suggest whenever somebody sends us a message natural family planning is the way to go um that is where you would essentially you know there's tons of apps nowadays that even have like thermometers that sync to your phone and can tell you hey you're not fertile so have at it today girlfriend or listen unless you want to be making a baby use an alternate route of protection so if that's the case then we have also partnered with glide which is an awesome, uh, sustainable and organic condom company. And so if you guys need, which I'm also going to say this, if you are ovulating or if you are in your fertile time of the month, guys, God designed our bodies to procreate. (laughs) And so guess what that means? That means that's going to be the time of the month that we want to be intimate the most. And so always have some secondary uh, protection on the back burner that you want there if you need to. And we, that's why we highly suggest glide for you guys um, so that you don't have to sit there and be frustrated and upset because man, I am so in the mood today and now I can't do anything. <laughs> so we don't want to, we don't want to do that to you guys. Totally. Or
0: something that's not like full of chemicals <laughs> or garbage uh, either. Right. Like something that's actually like organic yeah, that's stuff like that. I right. love that.
1: Yes it's healthy for both parties. It's a great thing. So, all right. And lastly, but one of the most common things, because this is where, you know, you can say, okay, it's not the medications. I'm not on any of those things. I'm not on birth control. I have a healthy pelvic floor. I've never had any issues that would make me think that there's something going on there. So here we get into another key factor And that is any type of mental stumbling blocks because our mind is our biggest sexual organ. um, This is a pivotal part and we have to be really honest with ourselves and we might take some work and doing some digging and some really prayerfully considering and asking God, Hey, search my heart and bring to the surface anything here that I've maybe tried to hide or ignore and i'm just ready to get it out god because i want my marriage bed to be sacred and to be enjoyable so here is your official trigger warning for anybody who has trauma in their past that they're dealing with that they're working on healing from and recovering from we want to be really sensitive to you guys and if you need to stop the podcast here then we love you. And, you know, we'll catch you. You can come back to this anytime later that you want to, it'll be yeah. here, but we want to be really sensitive to that. So if we're moving on, then we're going to say, starting off, when we speak of a mental block or anything that's stopping us there, what we are speaking of is any type of emotional damaging issues that might have come from struggles with Shame, with guilt, with thinking that sex is icky and dirty. Purity culture, you know, backgrounds, which a lot of times those are associated with that icky feeling or that no, you just, you're so programmed to say no, that all of a sudden you're married now. And when your husband, you know, tries to reach over and grab you and play with you, and you find yourself constantly just smacking his hand away and saying no. And you realize, I don't have to be on the defense like this anymore. Why why is my mind not making this connection? Why am I not able to enjoy this? So that's that's one of those mental blocks that we're talking about. Um, If you have issues with body shame, if you are thinking whenever you are being, you are together with your husband, and if he isn't dressing you and all you can think about is Oh my stomach is so gross. I hate my arms. Don't look at me. This is gross. Don't touch don't touch me here. I'm not comfortable. There is no way. It's no wonder that it's difficult for us to achieve orgasm if all we can think of is, man, I must look horrible yeah. right now. Yeah. This this message of you know feeling so negative about ourselves if it's replaying in our mind, we are not going to be able to think This is a beautiful thing. Oh my goodness, this feels so good. I love the way he looks right now. I we should be thinking, I bet he loves the way he looks at me. I feel incredible right now. That's that's where we need to get. And that's whenever you reach that point where you are comfortable and say, you know what? My husband loves me the way I am. He wouldn't change it. I've never heard him say, Oh no, put your clothes back on. Right. Yes. We have to, you know, we've got to do the work to get comfortable in our own skin. And so it's, it can feel like a job. It can feel like a difficult hurdle to overcome, but we have to remember first and foremost that God created our bodies beautifully. And we would never look at something that he created and say, God, that is not a masterpiece. I do not appreciate the work you put Mm -hmm. into that. And that's what we're doing whenever we are criticizing our bodies in the book, intimate issues. I remember reading this and it was such a light bulb moment for me. And, um, her husband told her, if you can accept that I find you beautiful, then no wonder we're having issues. And he encouraged her. He said, go stand in front of the mirror completely naked and pray and say, God, give me eyes to see my body as your beautiful Mm. creation. And I just thought, oh my goodness. And this woman says, you know, 45 minutes later, she said she had to pull herself away because she got to where she was standing there. And she was like, man, God, you did a good job here. Oh. <laughs> and you did a good job with this. And I can totally see why my husband loves yeah. this. And I thought that is wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Let's, <laughs> and so definitely do that.
0: Yeah. Um, fear. Mm, that can be a big one. A huge oh one. yeah. Cause if you're, a, you're, feeling afraid or you're uncomfortable, it's like you're not gonna be able to get there in your mind, right? It's a whole nother thing, right? If you're experiencing fear, um, whether it's yeah, you know, something that you've experienced in the past and then this is just like a past experience that then intimacy then rebrings up to you, it's gonna be super difficult for your for your body, your mind to follow in that direction, right? So I think that's one, a huge one that, and I mean, we'll maybe go into it more in like past trauma, but to be able to, um, to pray Mm -hmm. over, over yourself, over your past experiences and to cut off any, you know, soul ties, things like that, that are hindering you from, from moving forward. And to even, you know, we, we know we live in a spiritual realm, right? And so, um, the enemy's there to try and cut you down from this. And so if you are feeling this like deep fear around intimacy, um, I would really encourage you to, um, to just, when you pray, just ask that like spirit of fear to leave and then ask Lord, like the Lord, what he would like to give you in return and what he would like to fill that place with, because, you know, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so if that's something you're experiencing, um, that's not what God intends for you, and so um, I would just really encourage you to, to to pray that and to even that that scripture pray that over you as well, because um, yeah, if your if your mind is in a place of fear or you're you know you're feeling sex as it's a painful or uncomfortable, and you um and you're not sure what to do, like you need to be able to communicate that with your spouse so they understand what you're what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, and then you can work on. how can we move forward from this and, and what can we do after that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the thought of praying that over your marriage bed, just God, this is not a place. This is a place for your Holy spirit. This is not a place for fear. And so anything else has to, I love that. I absolutely think that's a superb idea. All right. And lastly, and perhaps maybe the most difficult one to address, I think is past trauma. Um, I want to really preface this with the fact that do not minimize anything that has happened to you in the past by saying, oh, well, it could have been so much worse. Yes. But, you know, the full act of hurting me or even rape or anything like that wasn't able to occur. So I don't have it as bad as other people things like that. One in six men have some kind of history of experiencing some type of sexual trauma, abuse. And for women, that number is one in three. Wow. And that is, those are numbers that are only based on what's reported. Mm. And so you are not alone if there are some things that you are dealing with that have to do with trauma or past abuse. Um, many people don't even recognize that what they have been through was mm-hmm. abuse or trauma. And so they don't want to address it because number one, it hurts to replay in your yeah. mind. It's not a fun thing to, you know, go through the work for the healing that we need from that. Uh, but we have to first be able to recognize it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to share and be hundred percent vulnerable here. And when I was 16, I was assaulted in where I worked. I was a lifeguard and what made it even worse was the assault was done by my manager. Mm. And so I didn't feel like I could even report it because oh. I knew that the person who hired him was really good friends with him. And so it would be the story of the 16 year old girl. Who's only worked there for a few months, as opposed to this guy who he had been friends with for a very long time. Oh man. Um, And yeah, it was a day where there was a thunderstorm. So we closed down the pool. So there was nobody there except for this guy and his friends. And they were joking around and they thought it would be very funny to hold me down and to tear up my swimsuit and to call me names, to shove, to shove, he shoved his hand in my mouth and held me down. That's how he got me like to keep me from walking away. And I remember I left that day thinking, what? What? just happened like I knew this person Ugh. I had worked with him for a few months never gave any kind of like inkling that you know he was that type of a person and I know a hundred percent that if you today were to ask him about that instance he one wouldn't even remember it or two he would completely minimize it and he would say we were just joking around it was just you know guys goofing yeah. off Ugh. but for me, It taught me one thing. And that was that I could not trust men, men who I thought I could trust. Nope. You can't do that. And that is the seed that was planted in my head that day. And what made it even worse was I couldn't tell my parents because I was afraid for one, I was afraid that my, my stepfather would go after him and hurt him if he knew that something like that happened to me. And so I felt safe to tell my boyfriend at the time and my boyfriend told me well, what were you doing that made him think that was okay? You must have been flirting with him. Oh, my heart. And I just thought, what? (laughs) Yeah. And so, and you know, this is just stuff that, I mean, this was just, you know, like a Thursday afternoon. It just wasn't, life went on after that. Never really talked to anybody about it. I'm so sorry, Rusty. I remember, I think it was, several. oh, that's okay. You know, it's. I, I remember telling my husband about it and it was a couple of years into us being married because I was, af- I was afraid he was going to respond the same way that my boyfriend at the time did. Yeah. Um, that by the way, really super quick way to recognize that the person you're with is not the right, right. one for you. If that's how they respond to any type of traumatic yeah. event or you being vulnerable and sharing something like that really difficult that happened to you. It's like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> you are not the one That's for me. Uh, but but that, it, it was years, years into marriage that I sat and I looked at my husband and I thought, you know what? I still don't trust you. Mm. And I had to be really honest with myself because I would have said, absolutely, I trust you. You're my best friend. I love you so much. Couldn't imagine my life without you. But something was planted in me that day and I kept it buried. And so it took root and roots are going to eventually grow until they're bearing fruit. And the fruit that that root produced was distrust Mm. and it was fear. And so that absolutely kept me from ever being fully vulnerable with my husband. And that means, guess what? Sex became... This is about you. This is about getting stuff done. This is about keeping you satisfied, babe. And I'm not going to dare open up and say, this isn't working or yeah, that didn't feel good at all. That actually hurt. You know, I did not feel like that right. was yeah. safe, that I was safe to do that. So thankfully put in mm-hmm. the work and after God was after I asked, you know, cause I had to ask God, Hey, search me, search me and bring up anything yeah. that's keeping our sex life from being incredible because I don't want to settle for being one of those people who says, Oh, it is just a chore. Just do it, honey. Just, just be there for your husband. Because I was like, no, this is supposed to be awesome. He wants it to be yeah. awesome for me. And, you know, I'm sure that, I'm sure that our community, their husbands want it to be awesome for them. Yes. (laughs) So I had to do the work and I had to be like, okay, babe, this is what I'm going through. I'm going to be totally vulnerable and I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to spill it out and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray that God brings me to a place where I don't have a minute of hesitation whenever it comes to trusting fully that. I am safe with you, that you are not going to hurt me, that you're not going to do any emotional damage. Yes. Like was done to me whenever I was just, I mean, I was a little girl. If you're 16, you're a girl, you're just still you're still a kid. (laughs) And so we did that. And thank God, you know, he is totally faithful to his word and he's faithful to his promises. And If you can bring that to his feet and figure out what it looks like for you to surrender that he really does do the rest Mm -hmm. guys, because it's not an issue for us anymore. It's not an issue for me anymore. I can talk about it. And even though it's not a fun thing to relive, the enemy wants us to keep that stuff buried and covered up because we overcome by the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. And so my testimony is being shared right here with you guys and There is absolute freedom from that, and you guys can be free, too, from whatever it is. So I just want to encourage you, don't sweep that under the rug anymore. Rip it out and expose it to the light that is Jesus, and lay it at his feet and figure out what it looks like to walk away from that. So that is a wrap on (laughs) everything that we cover. I know it's not a super bright place to end it on, but... It's a beautiful place to end it on knowing that there's freedom in Jesus. And guys, if you need to talk to somebody, if you need to seek counseling or therapy, don't hold back from that. There is freedom and there is deliverance and there is grace for you. And there is incredible orgasms for you out there. (laughs) There are removal of those stumbling blocks. So, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, for listening to this very (laughs) in-depth explanation and (laughs) uh, discussion about orgasms and what you guys can look at and recognize to, in order to succeed at achieving them. We want you guys to go after them. So have fun, pray into these things, Uh, just take a look at it with your spouse and say, we can tackle some of these issues and yeah, let us know how it works out. We're eager to hear from you guys. So thanks for tuning in to this episode and we will see you guys next week.
0: Hey friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram at kingdom sexuality. You'll find our Instagram handle below in the show notes we will also see any other resource links we may have mentioned in today's episode. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. And we cannot wait to continue this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.